Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Welcome back to Freedom Challenge Online. I am Ruth Willett and today I will be your host and Tracy, she will be my guest. So don't get confused when you hear her voice. But it's a triple treat today. Not only do you get to hear from Tracy and myself, but you get to hear from the lovely Octavia. I'm going to let the ladies introduce themselves. But they are both wives, mothers, daughters, sisters, aunts and friends to many. And they have both just hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. Tracy is our beloved and fearless Freedom Challenge director. And Octavia is many things. But one thing she sent that I loved. Under the hashtag of intentional living, she wrote, I am driven to do my part with what I have and trust and let God take care of the rest. So, Tracy and Octavia, welcome. What would you like the listeners to know about you? Octavia, why don't you start? (laughs) Ruth, thank you so much. Freedom Sisters, thank you so much. You know, when I became a friend for with um, Freedom Challenge South Africa, it has never crossed my mind that one day we will be here with Freedom Challenge USA. I think that's the confirmation that I'm stuck with you. And um, it's, it, it's, it's beautiful to journey with Freedom Challenge and the friends of Freedom Challenge who wishes to know me more. I am a mother of two beautiful children. My daughter is 29. My son is 27. I'm married to Robert and we've been married for 30 years now. Hey, <laughs> I, am, I am an image consultant, personal development coach. I'm also a beloved foundation director. Child Welfare Twane Ambassador and also 67 Blankets for Nelson Mandela and of course a friend for Freedom Challenge Africa. Mm. Octavia, I love hearing your voice. (laughs) And listeners, I'm coming at this a completely different way. Um, I feel like many of you listening probably know a little bit about me, but I suppose I'll start with why am I coming on a guest on this podcast and my why behind actually participating in the challenges? Because, you know, I don't have to do that. I could just direct from the sidelines. But I have to say that one of my favorite things as director is remembering the why. And the best way for me to do that is getting my skin in the dirt, being with the women keeping the disciplines of fundraising. And yes, everyone listening, I fundraise every time I do the challenge because I want to be freshened in all of of why did I originally say yes and why am I continuing to be passionate? So I'm excited to have Ruth interview Octavia and I as participants of the 10-year anniversary challenge It was so meaningful to do this challenge, to show up in my Tracy Doherty skin as a sister, as a fellow sister, to experience all the aches, pains, glories, 
sunshine and dark moments that we experienced, Octavia, on that mountain, the beast Kilimanjaro. So, Ruth? (laughs) Welcome, ladies. And Tracy, you said um, skin in the dirt. If we hear Tracy coughing, it's because she's still coughing up the dirt from Kilimanjaro. It's true. (laughs) It's absolutely true. Everybody's looking at me like, are you sick? And I'm like, I feel great. But man, sucking in that dirt, Octavia, you remember that was like, whoa, (laughs) I think I have a little coat in my lungs. So hopefully that'll clear. Soon, soon enough. Tracy, um, <laughs> I've, I've been coughing since myself, and I was wondering, is there something wrong with me? And now, thank you for reminding me of our journey and the mm-hmm. after effects <laughs> of that journey that's going to last for long, hey? <laughs> yes. Yes, and I'll tell I'll tell you this, Ruth and Octavia. Um, there is a certain freedom sister who's very tall, Jamie, who is we all remember her. She's about six foot three, and we were laughing the other day because she's like, "I'm so tall, you guys sucked in all my dirt. I have no cough." So yeah, it's real. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, ladies. The fact is that we have been preparing a long time for this trip. It's not something that happens quickly. So what I would like to know is what has God been speaking to you or what was God speaking to you in the lead up to the Mount Kilimanjaro hike? Mm, I think Octavia should take the lead on this one. Sure. Um, Ruth, for me, it was the question of being obedient before the knowing and I remember it took me more than three months to eventually confirm that, yes, I'm going to be participating to Mount Kilimanjaro because for the longest time I used to admire those who did it before, but I always say that's not for me. It's for the brave, you know? Mm. (laughs) So I always say God Mm. has a sense of humor. Here I am finding myself being invited to participate to something that was not even on my wish list, you know? And um, I remember it took me so long to, 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 to really talk about um, my journey to Kili. And I mean, considering that this year, from the start, we had collaborated with Beloved Foundation and they were on board. So it was even not the question of how am I going to raise funds for registration that was taken care of. But then um, in my preparation, you know, engaging with God, God has taught me this beautiful word that I admire. It's actually two. One, he said, Octavia, come with a pure heart. And then two, Mm -hmm. be willing to fully surrender. The be willing to fully surrender, I always told myself that at the the back of my mind, I'm a very obedient child. When God says, do this, I will do it. I only understood Mm. the meaning of be willing to fully surrender when we were actually at the mountain. So coming with a pure heart and also be willing to fully surrender. I remember when I was drafting my dream team, my prayer warriors team, people that are going to be assisting me with training, people that are going to be putting my meals together and everything else. I had my ideal people in mind and God, it felt like he was saying, I'm going to orchestrate your team not my team, not your team. So I really had to follow the guidance of um, who am I going to train with and who's going to be putting my um, my wellness coaching and everything together. And that the testimony is how we actually got to meet with Sue because eventually Sue became my mm. Keely prep 
training, mentor, and coach. And that Sue was not really chosen based on she has submitted more than four times, you know. I mean, the people on the list, I had mm. people that had submitted more than five times that I thought, you know what, I'm going to be joining with this one. How we actually met with Sue and eventually Jenny together, when I look back, I was like, Lord, the obedience, fully surrender, pure heart, just follow my guidance and welcome everybody that I'm going to bring in your journey and eventually it will make sense. And I want to believe every prayer warrior, everybody that has played the role from the pre till the end of Kili and even beyond Kili, these are the people that were truly appointed by God. Mm. Octavia, something, and I'm going to give my answer here, but like your presence, when I first met you in person, I thought, <clears throat> what a regal woman, but filled with sunshine and joy and all mm. of your preparation that you just spoke about in this place of surrender and all of those things, mm. you know, they just radiated out of you from the moment any of us met you. And I just, you know, I, I want to let you know, I recognize that your preparation to even get to that point. And that's kind of what I want to share, Ruth, because um, an image that that the Holy Spirit gave me some months ago in preparation for Killy was more about the corporate group of women, but it was also about my individual involvement. And so the picture was, it's a little peculiar, but I'll share it. And I certainly shared it at our challenge, was this picture of what a homemade bomb looks like. And so you hear these news stories where people are sinisterly putting together a bomb with all of these um, things in it that when detonated would bring complete destruction to whatever it touches. And it's, you know, it's rather troubling picture. And so that was the initial picture. And then I asked some questions like, Lord, what are you saying about this? And I felt like I had this image of what we, all of us together were doing over this, some of us a year and a half, some of us a year, some of us nine months, but all together collectively, a good stretch of time and preparation of answering the questions yeah. that Octavia just talked about, like, will I surrender and obey and who's going to be my team? And so I felt like God was saying, you ladies are building corporately a homemade love bomb. And in this love bomb is everything that you're putting in it as you prepare. And that could be, you know, courageously overcoming opening your mouth and sharing about human trafficking. It could be, you know, going to REI or an outfitter and looking at all the massive things and learning and trying on. It was getting up early and going on an early morning hike over and over and over again. It was showing up to Zoom calls. It was organizing your home front. All the things that you know, constituted this group of women preparing to come. So I had this image of all of us putting these items into this love bomb, knowing that the way that, you know, the God that we follow, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they don't operate the way that we do. There's a scripture that says our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. And so I felt like the Lord was elevating 
Love is the weapon in this event and even in its preparation. And Octavia, you may remember we sat down and we said, okay, what are all the ordinary things that we might forget in preparation and the extraordinary things that we have done together to create this love bomb that when detonated at the base of this mountain will go to all the places that we know and don't know in the world that need freedom and liberty and are needing the unfruitful works of darkness to be disrupted and destroyed. So the opposite of a bomb. So this was the picture that God gave me. And I I really chuckled. And Octavia, you may remember some of the things that we wrote in this imagery that was so beautifully put together by Ruth and Annie Phipps, the women came up and wrote down what some of those things were. And I will laugh because one of them was like as simple as, I had to order 11 pairs of hiking boots, try them on and return them. You know, like that was like a huge thing for someone. I had to learn how to use, go to the bathroom outside. Kind of all of these things that we hadn't thought about but had so much spiritual wealth. So that's what God was showing me. Like, don't minimize all this preparation, Octavia, that you and I both did, or all of these women and the potency of when that's detonated, when we moved to climb that mountain, God was doing what we couldn't even see. That's what I, that's what I experienced. Mm That's such good imagery. Thank you for your answers. With the explosion of love specifically, I just think it beautifully encompasses one of my favorite things about God, that he can be working out so many facets Mm. of freedom for so many at the same time, that he's not limited the way that we are. And as you said, you know, that his weapons are different and they're mighty for pulling down strongholds. Mm -hmm. And we go to, to places like... It wasn't just a bucket list to climb Kilimanjaro. It was that it started there. There was significance to this. We're in our 10 years and God's taken us back there. So Mm -hmm. we know that there's still things that he's wanting to do and strongholds that we don't understand how to fight, but he does. And one of the exciting ways that we saw this love bomb disrupt the darkness in a mighty way was three days after you all descended the mountain, there was a newspaper article in an East African newspaper with the headline that President Samia and President Ruto pledged to tackle human Mm. trafficking. These are the presidents of Tanzania and Kenya, and Mount Kilimanjaro straddles the border Mm. of these two countries. And it was on the 9th of October that you all descended. And the night before that, I had a pretty awful dream where... It was almost a sensation that I, the, the feelings and the sensation was that I was in a vulnerable, oppressed, trafficked kind of situation. And that only ever happens to me if God is directing my gaze that back onto praying for human trafficking. And with this hike, which was a very big hike, so much of our prayer had been mm. focused on you guys hiking and summiting and being safe. So we went on the bus to meet you at the base of the mountain on the 9th and we spent Mm. the whole journey which was about two and a half hours praying into human trafficking in the area and just saying you know holy spirit whatever you want to do we will focus on this darkness 
because you've asked us to. And it was that day that the Kenyan president actually mm. flew in to meet um, President Samia. And this also was mm. their first meeting. Um, Pre- president Ruto had just been inaugurated the month before. So it was their first meeting as the heads of the countries to discuss their country. And we all know that we're in this post-COVID with so many things that are urgent and needing to be faced. And I'm sure many of them were, but God (sighs) gifted us to see that our steps matter, our prayers carry weight, and that he's fighting for great freedom by that headline being they're pledging to tackle human trafficking together. Um, And of all the things that could have been put there, I just love that we have this look what the Lord has done and will continue mm. to the moment. But like I said, God is not limited. He fights for us as fiercely at home as he does for these world issues. So to back up that statement, do either of you have a testimony or a story of how you've seen this happen for you and or your loved mm. ones personally as you've returned home from this challenge? Mm. Well, just the way that you framed that, Ruth, is, is I mean, like, I just want to say, look what the Lord, I mean, not that you didn't say it enough, but like, even just thinking about the fact that on those particular days were the meetings and on that particular decline was that declaration, that public news article. It's just so, Ooh. it's so cool to reflect on that. And I love that you, that you're always on the scout, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, for all of our challenges, prayer is such a huge component and Ruth, and there was a team of women who went to Kilimanjaro simply to pray. And then there was a whole Ooh. list of hundreds of people that were engaged in prayer with Ruth and the team. So this is a collective effort, the women climbing, the women praying, and it's all just so very important. So thank you for that good work. But because of that amazing example, Ruth, I'm always on the lookout for where God may be working, you know, in the world, but also me. And that's the thing about the Freedom Challenge is that it's so mutual. Um, God is working Mm. for you know, human trafficking, oppressed women and children, but also the oppressed little women in us still at times or in our families. So for me, I can recognize that I already had those goggles on and I still do. I'll say first and foremost, which I'm still on a journey about, and I think that's okay. The journey and the residual of these challenges stick with us for a long time because there's deep work being done, layered work. But I have already recognized, even in myself, repetitive, unfree responses in my interpersonal relationships. I would say even closer to like family relationships, which is where a lot of the tension happens in our lives often, where maybe a way that I would have responded, there's more of a pause, a a free pullback to say, hmm, How do I want to approach that that's not in the same cycle that produces the same response over and over again? So that's in me. And that's a journey. And it's up to me to partner with that work that God's done in me. And I intend to. But in addition, within two days of me being home, we have a family member, a very beloved family member um, that has had about a 10-year addiction to drugs. Um homelessness, all kinds of scenarios. It has been quite heartbreaking. 
And so I have to say, to my surprise, and really for the very first time, there was a real step forward in this person's life that was so obvious and resounding that God is working for freedom, but freedom that he himself is initiating and walking toward. Now, that's not perfect. And I am not saying everything's tied up in a in a bow, which so often doesn't happen. And we often want that kind of deliverance. But what I do see is a complete disruption to the dark path that this loved one has been on. And I do believe that there's a connection to all of this in that, which really makes me smile because it goes back to the faith when we step into these big moments and say, Lord, we believe you're working and we're resting that you are in the places in the world and in our own lives that are known and unknown. How beautiful. That was a pleasant surprise to see that breakthrough. I didn't see it coming. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Octavia, before you answer, I just um, often when I do a prayer podcast, I ask the listeners to pause the podcast. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that now. I just want us to not rush Mm -hmm. past this. Like, look what the Lord has done. And yeah, like Tracy said, it's not all neat and tidy tied up with a bow. Um, And I've had some stuff come up that actually feels messy, but what I'm celebrating is it's in the light and when things come to the light God gets to move and so do a happy dance put on your favorite worship song just pause for just a second or two and let's celebrate this testimony and ask God to do it again Um, and just take a moment if you have been through something where you've been praying non-stop or you've had your own summit Take a moment, if you don't know what God's done, take a moment and ask him because guaranteed he's been doing something because God never stops working. So thank you, Tracy. And Octavia, do you have um, an answer to that question? Thank you so much, Ruth. You cannot go to Keely and don't have an answer to that question, hey? (laughs) And for me, look at what God has done. One of the beautiful testimonies was actually when we landed in Tanzania. I checked the prayer WhatsApp group that was facilitated by you, Ruth. And I looked at the numbers and I said to my hubby, he, I think he was stressing more than I was stressing about Kilimanjaro. I said to him, baby, you can relax. We literally have over 200 people from all over the world that are praying for us. And I think eventually he also joined the prayer group. For me, that was just my aha moment. I said to him, please do, because when I told him about the group, he was like, when they update us, I think it's going to be overwhelming. I don't want to join, right? Then I said to him, Sidi, please do join the WhatsApp group prayer so that when you feel you don't have anything to hold on on to, you've got sisters and brothers all over the world that are literally praying for us that was just my one aha moment and look at what god has done the second testimony when i got back home one of my spiritual mentor mambatsiba she was also on our prayer group right she invited me on the uh, 4 a.m intercessor prayer 
women group to specifically pray for human trafficking, right? And um, after that, a few days later, one of the ladies reached out to say, Octavia, I actually Googled you to check what you do. And somebody told me about this prayer group that you were, you know, whoever wanted to, to, to support you could be part of the prayer group if they could not join you to Kilimanjaro. You know, how do I then um, create my own WhatsApp group that I can start praying specifically for human trafficking? And I think I appreciate it. Um, being a friend and collaborating with Freedom Challenge because they've got so many tools that we can use, customize specifically for human trafficking. And immediately I shared with her the faces of Injustice Prayer Guide that we're going to be using it to, you know, to create that um, prayer group. And specifically the prayer guide, it focuses all in all the faces of human trafficking. And I said to her, the beauty is, when you start this and somebody in your group wants to duplicate this, this is the tool that you can, you know, pass the baiting of prayer warriors, if I can put it that way. I think that's the ripple, ripple effect that I did not see it coming, you know. So I'm seeing more of prayer groups coming up specifically for, you know, all the faces of human trafficking, you know, duplicated in different places of, you know, even beyond South Africa for that matter. Well, it's exciting to know that our steps, um, your steps, will continue to change the face of your nation. Um, so we uh, anticipate even more testimonies in the coming weeks and months and years that we get to continue to look back and cry out, look what our God has done. Um, but let's get to the day to day. People want to know what was it like on the mountain? Is there a funny or memorable moment that comes to your mind? Tracy. I have little bits that pop into my mind, just funny or memorable. And Octavia, you can you can resonate with these. I think about the tea and the popcorn right before dinner. And like, never has that like been such a good treat, right? Like that, that popcorn and tea was like, I don't know, it felt like milk and cookies right out of mama's oven, right? Um, I'm thinking about being, yeah, I'm thinking about being woken up with coffee in the morning, like those, those wonderful porters, just coming yeah. and patting on our tents and saying <laughs> coffee. And then we got to drink our coffee. It was so cold and dark outside. And inside we're going, we don't want to get up. But we were drinking. We were offered this coffee in bed. Like, wait, how are we getting coffee in our tents and in our sleeping bags? That was awesome. Um, I don't know about you, but I have to say that the welcome into the camp and the singing and the dancing, um, those moments were like magic. Somehow they just elevated my own heart. Those are some of the things that I, you know, ex you know, just right off the top of my head loved. I don't know. What are you thinking of Octavia? Oh, fantastic. Tracy, just to add on the moments when you get to the camp. I think those moments kept me to the next day, mm -hmm. to the next day, especially the love that I received from everybody. Because at some point, I remember day one and day two, 
I felt like I felt like I was a high maintenance, you know, Octavia, because everybody most almost everybody had to wait for Octavia. Mm. But when you when I got to the camp, I could feel that everybody's excited, mm. happy that I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, and that love and the authenticity and everybody wanting to make sure that I'm okay. It took out the pressure mm. of Octavia. Everybody here wants us to succeed. Mm. And it takes me back to, I really had to surrender and come with a pure Mm. heart and feel that the sisters are willing to wait for me for 100 years Mm. if they have to. You know, this is how I was received. And then secondly, I said to my hubby when I got home, so do you know every day in Kili, I used to get coffee (laughs) tents. But here I'm not getting coffee. That's right. <laughs> so that was just, that, that that was just so so phenomenal. Yeah. And I think also Tracy, I, I was like, I remember we had um, we were brief. I mean, we've been briefed throughout the preparation sessions on of what to expect to Kili. But when we got to Tanzania, when we were meeting the guide for the mm. first time, I think the reality kicked mm-hmm. in, right? With all what is expected, the worst possibilities, but the the ladies were so excited with the big why. Nobody entertained of the issue of we may not summit mm-hmm. or we may not we may not do this. And so it was not even in the picture. And and then this other one is um there's one picture. Percy sent me the picture, right? As I was packing my pajamas, right? I packed three and one pyjama, the fourth one, was my hubby's, right? And, you know, the pyjamas, man, pyjamas had that, you know, hole where, you know. <laughs> and I said to I, I said to him, I'm going to be sleeping alone. Ah. Oh, we're going to be sleeping with the ladies. Who's going to see this is men's pyjamas, yep. right? And um, oh I, I'm going to wear something else in the following day anyway, right? Little did I know that there's going to be a time where I, I would I would not even be able to lift my my arm never never alone changing clothes it was not important what was important was can I get to the next step can I get to the next step and this one other morning so I I did not take a bath I just took you know the wipers and then just did where I needed to and then I just went walking with Hubby's pajamas, and here we are. We were excited, celebrating my arrival, and the pictures were taken. And guess what? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the pajamas. Pajamas are showing that this is a male pajama, Octavia. Who cares? The mission was important than the pajama. Hey, that is so funny, Octavia. Because really, truly, I mean, first of all. <laughs> None of that really mattered, right? Like none of us looked in the mirror for days. Like I'm like, I don't even, I'm afraid to look in the mirror. Um, that the shower piece that was out the window fully. And I mean, and, and to be honest with you, sometimes it was just too cold to even care. It was just like, Yay. I'm just going to wear these dirty clothes. I'm going to wear my husband's pajamas mm-hmm. because it's just too cold. Um, and And that's what's beautiful is in the dailies of these moments, like all of those things just fall to the side and it's just everyday women from all ages, all backgrounds. By the way, you know, we had a 24-year-old and a 65-year-old, actually 69. So all of that just kind of washes into this 
this message, this common message, this common um, celebration of mutual achievement in which you were a huge part of. But I think that to your point, there's all of these things that like sort of pop up in our mind and things like this. And in the end, they really don't mean much. (laughs) And um, we let go of them really quick, right? Um, We let go of those really quick. But the dancing and the singing and the chanting and the cheers with all of those porters, man, those things just pushed us up to the to the mountain, didn't they? That was so sweet. Mm. And 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 I think just to 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 add to that, Ruth and Tracy, the porters, the celebration when we got to the camp. On a daily basis, I kept on saying, you know, the porters, the way they mm. encourage us to look forward to summiting, as if when we summit, they're going to get the Ferrera yeah. or what, you know. It, it was their mission yes. as well, and that was visible through how they mm-hmm. were serving mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, Octavia, I had some people going, oh, man, you must have been deprived. I'm like, we ate like palace princesses mountain queens i mean there was we ate well i mean we were fed so well (laughs) ah that was just a cherry on top hey (laughs) yeah there was even a birthday cake that was baked on the mountain yeah it was so so sweet loved it it's funny listening to you it reminds me of you know you're talking about like stinking and not wanting to shower and you know not caring what you wear it was interesting meeting you all as you descended and everyone's comment as I came in for the biggest hug because I was quarantined in my room when you all left so I hadn't met any of you guys I I was stuck with the dreaded COVID and so I got to see you for the first time as you descended <laughs> and everyone's comment was, oh, no, I'm sorry, I stink. And <laughs> like, I was kind of blown away because one, it wasn't that bad. And two, <laughs> you had literally just hiked Kilimanjaro. And I, like, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I was just so proud of each and every one of you. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, you know, like how quickly our perspective goes to one thing. And I just, you know, like I was just like overwhelmed with pride for all of you because I was like, wow, you you women are rock stars and look what you've done. And that was there, like it came out. I think you were all in shock about what you'd actually accomplished. But it wasn't (laughs) the first thing out of your mouth. The first thing out of your mouth was stay back. We stink. Um, (laughs) That was funny. Ah, that was funny. So So, good. As I've heard both of you speak, the one thing that stands out, and as as you've shared with me personally, is you're never saying to get me up the mountain. It's all us. Um, the the sense of community, uh, even the the significance of the porters taking care of you, and not just taking care of you, but celebrating you. Can you talk about? what it was like that shared importance of having others with you on this journey and what this sense of community was like during the challenge and what did that look like for you specifically because I know it will be different um for both of you so Octavia why don't you start and just talk about community on the mountain and what that meant for you um shoot for me without the community I there was a time I was 
physically very, very weak. And I had to tap into my mental strength and my spiritual strength. And my sisters, Freedom Sisters, it felt like everyone was assigned for specific role, for specific for specific message to, to say to me. You know, for instance, I think it was day three when we were the very last, Miura and myself and Lee. And Miura at that time, Lee was fine, Miura was fine, I was very weak. And um, I remember playing my song. I've, I've done the compilation, Kili compilation myself, that was playing for almost two hours. And God, again, has a sense of humor. Almost all the songs that were there, Lee knew the songs. And we were singing along, you know, mm. singing along throughout. And there was a time I would really fall flat and I would hold Lee and say, Lee, just pray. Just pray, Lee. And I, I, was, I was in tears. And again, God has a sense of humor. Mm. I remember when we were at the airport. I mean, I'm 49. Lee and um, mm. Miora, they are less than 30. They're almost, Miora is my daughter's age. And Lee, I think, is two years older than my daughter. At the back of my mind, I remember I was praying at the airport, looking at them silently, praying and saying, God, it's not a coincidence that we are here with these youngsters, whatever journey that I need. And I, I thought I, I would be murdering them. God was saying, come with a pure heart, surrender. These little ones are going to serve you, my darling, and you just have to receive. And throughout, Lee has been praying for me. Lee has, and I kept on saying, Lee, leave. I'm going to be okay. Even if it takes me 20 hours to get to the camp, leave. He was like, she was like, no, I'm going to walk with you. And she was there for prayer. I remember half of the trips. I will just hold her hand and say, Lee, just pray. And then we'll sing along. Lee, just pray. We'll sing along. And poor Miara, you could see her holding me saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, but feel my presence that I'm here. And when we get to the camp, mm. the rest of the ladies will just jump, showing that, you know what, we were individually hiking, but collectively, if one of us is not here, we are not complete. And when they see us arriving, oh, I wish all those moments moments were are captured, you know, just to tell in a form of mm. a picture, in a form of a video to express really what, what I mean. I said other things are... Um, another lesson that I've learned for years, I've been the one that is serving others, serving others. And I think I have experienced the beauty and um, the, mm. the significance of when you allow God to use his people to serve you, it is beautiful. And I'm learning coming back home, I'm learning, Octavia, there's time to serve and there's also time to be saved and learn to receive with grace. And I've, I've been struggling with that for a long time. So that's my mm. diamond from Kili, you know. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. So good. Yeah, I have imagery of your little pod of women uh, being together and, and the, the cheering and the sticks and the, you know, coming in the tunnel, it, um, the, the entry tunnel into the camp. Um, we hold up our sticks and people walk through them on their arrival. And it always just brings such an emotion oh, to your yes. heart, no matter what, oh, doesn't mm. it? It really is. It really does create a sense mm. of celebration over um, over you. 
Um, okay, so for me, I'm I'm thinking very specifically of um, the 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 summit night, and I'm thinking of the perception of our guides who were able we were they were able to see that us together very tight was mm-hmm. the best recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And so I have this image of it being very dark for very long and how they would just keep us together. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we were so close that I could hear, you know, the breath of the person mm-hmm. behind me. And I focused on the steps of the person in front of me and would match my cadence to their walk because it was very, very slow. Um, as you know, Octavia, it's very, pole, very slow. Pole, pole. At those, <laughs> yeah. Yes. At those high elevations. And so what I can attribute, because in this, in this time, which we'll talk about this, you know, these summit moments later, it's dark and it's very cold. It's below zero. It's, it's, um, you're not used to being up in the middle of the night, but what I can say is that anytime I was in a moment where there was a gap in the line and it was in front of me or in back of me, I could immediately feel myself and my mind feeling alone and rationalizing, why are you even doing this? Um, like, you know, just kind of this mental chatter that would arise that would almost be giving me permission and excuse <laughs> to not keep going. Well, that's kind of like my personality anyways. So for me, the community and the tightness that we walked in this formation for so long, it was like we together were pulling each other up the mountain. And mm. there's a lot that I actually want to talk to the Lord and delve in a little more about how that plays out in community. When you have someone in front of you that you're pacing with, not competing, mm-hmm. and someone in back of you that you can feel their presence. And there's something about that, not only in Kilimanjaro for me personally, but also in life. What is it like to be so close to our sisters or our community that there's this sense of guidance and accountability that's very mutual Mm. and shared rather than I need to be in the front and you're following me or whatever that looks like. But I could identify in my own mind a battle with the aloneness on that trail Every time there was a gap. And I appreciated the way our leaders would say, come together, come Ooh. together, because they could see that we were motivating each other. It's so. interesting. I feel like, you know, post-COVID, just to say that phrase again, we're in a, a space in our society that loneliness has escalated because of the isolation. And, and some people have found comfort in um the isolation but it's created this loneliness that they don't know how to get out of and Mm. you know I just think two things come to mind one you know that verse or you know the whole premise of God that he's ahead of us before us behind us Mm -hmm. above us below us all around us like it's really beautiful to imagine how covered we are by God but then we are his image bearers and maybe the God before us is the person that he's put on our path 
to to help pace us and take our mm-hmm. steps and the person he's put behind us breathing on us and bringing comfort and their closeness and and I think sometimes we're so quick to um, negate the physicality of God through community and others mm-hmm. um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts when you think more on that and I'm just throwing that out there for all your listeners yeah. to chew on um, and the other thing was I, I went from Tanzania to Kenya and um, there was a couple of revival meetings in a church where different churches had come together for the community and then the last night the pastor stood up and said um, if you want to go fast then go alone but if you mm. want to go far, go together. And yep. there's some tasks in life where, you know, speed is important, but longevity is what we are looking for to finish the race well, to do things well, to to get to the end and to be able to look at our life and and have done our best and, and trusted God for the rest, like you shared, Octavia. Um, so... Yeah, but you 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 mentioned the summit, and so I'd love us to go there now because one of our big prayers for all of you ladies was that each one of you would have a summit moment, um, physical, spiritual, that you wouldn't leave the challenge without that. So I'd love to know what that was like with you. So Octavia, can you share your summit moment? Hmm. My summit moment. Um... I say every day was a summit. Um, Casey, you'll agree with me. <laughs> yes, it was. Every day was a summit. Of course, in my case, on the eve of the summit, things changed, you know. And I kept on saying um, to the leaders, I'm, I'm, I'm literally five kilometers away from summiting. Surely I can summit. And um, when they called me to say, you know, after the health checking and everything else, Tracy, to say, Octavia, unfortunately, your health matters. And it wasn't for me to decide whether I'm going to summit or not. The leaders Mm -hmm. had to. I think I had to really be content with God's definition of summiting. God's summiting... Um, day was on the eve of Mm -hmm. and I'm one person when I put my heart into something I remember saying um, if it means I have to crawl to summit so be it I will do that and I had to pray really for for that wisdom and say God um, grant me wisdom to truly accept things that I cannot change and you wanted me to summit up to here and I remember reading Don's card Don's has read, has given us um, daily cards to read I remember the first day card says tonight your body may feel the strain of the climb however remember your why thank you for spending time your body mm. and comfort so that others no freedom, right? And I said, you know what, Lord, you've given us different ways to play our role in fighting this evil spreading in our communities. And I want to believe for me to move from day one to the eve of summiting. And I appreciated to say, I mean, when you have mentors, we always say, hey, mentor me on how to finish the race strong. In this instance, I appreciated having the leaders that would say, I remember um, one of the leaders said on our induction day, Tracy, she said, ladies, remember, there are times when it's okay not to be a hero. (laughs) 
So I had to truly remember that to say, Octavia, there are times when it's okay not to be a hero and embrace the summiting of, you know, from day one to hear what God has. I mean, I remember saying to my hubby, I, 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 I cannot explain the feeling of being on the mountain and you literally look back, you are on top of the cloud and you, co you connect with God in a, in a very different way, right? So I cannot allow not summiting to take that away from me and keep on saying, hey, I was five kilometers away from me. Where God wanted me to summit, it is here and I want to believe in that already, I've collected so many testimonies. It's been really phenomenal. Octavia, I, and, and anyone listening, just to put it in context, what Octavia actually did is of not a faint of heart because she, you went to the upper um, base camp, which I believe is right at 17,000 feet elevation, which is unbelievable. Like that is amazing. And I watched your body advocate with you, your mind. Um, and, you know, I have memories of you coming in after your day's hike, because you said every day is a summit. And I have to say to you, every day I expected it not to be so hard. And I was like, what? This was so hard. And I would watch you come in to our popcorn and tea or dinner and see the exhaustion on your face, but just such determination and such like groundedness in God. It was, it was really beautiful to behold. I'll share a little bit about my summit moment. And again, echoing, absolutely echoing with you um, every day was very challenging I had a new picture of the scripture that talks about he rides on the clouds as his chariot. Because like being above the clouds and thinking about imagery of, you know, Yahweh rides on the clouds as his chariots. Mm. And then that the mountains are his footstool. Being that high makes that scripture be like, oh. I see how big that is, right? Like, that's just huge. There's something about the air up yeah. there that gives you glimpses of the scripture and who God is in such a new way. I loved every moment. And one of those moments for me, I'll have to say my most challenging moment, I hate being cold and I don't like getting up early. So when someone tells you that you're getting up at 1030 at night to summit a mountain <laughs> all night long... Everything in my little body is going, uh-uh, like it's all the will within my full self to say, I'm going to cooperate and say yes to that. So um, that was a challenge for me. There was something about Octavia and you remember the first night we had to, we had to walk in the dark for a while. There was something very disorienting about being in extended amounts of darkness. And some of the things that came to my mind is you have to do something with your mind when you're walking for eight or nine hours in the dark, right? Like, what are we going to do with our minds to keep going? Certainly the community helped on that summit uh, day. But for me, I thought about in context of what we were actually doing, how many people throughout all of history 
have been brought from their homes, brought from their safe place, and forced to walk in the dark, not knowing where they were going, not knowing what awaited them, feeling like their rights or their their choice was taken away from them. I mean, you think about Holocaust survivors, you think about refugees, you think about human traffic vic- victims. There's something about the night that frames this this place that felt oppressive to me and i can't explain it except for that night cold march felt um there was something that in my spirit it was like the deepest longing i actually don't know if i've ever had such a visceral um somatic in my body longing for light longing for warmth and and I, it was this place in me where I would say, if you remember on the backs of our backpacks, we had these carabiners that had the scripture, the steadfast Lord of the Lord never ceases. His mercies um, come to an end. Greater is his faithfulness. They're new every morning. And I would read that even in the dark because I had my headlamp on. And I would comfort and kind of pull up this hope. Tracy, as yeah. sure as the sun rises. That is how faithful God is. As sure as the, if you can just get where you see the sun rising, there'll be warmth, there'll be light, there'll be direction. And then all of that is framed around hope. So I feel like God gave me this very like walking out parable in my own soul of what hope looks like, of what hope feels like. And what it feels to not have it. And it and it really caused my own heart to feel propelled into praying hope over people. I'll never forget Octavia and Ruth when Benat shouted out to us. I would keep looking to the mountains. When is the sun going to rise? When is the sun going to rise? When am I going to feel warmth, light and warmth, which are both elements of God. Okay, so both of those are elements of God. When is that going to happen? And when he heralded, and I and I tell you, he heralded, <laughs> ladies, in 30 minutes, you will see the glimmer of sun. You will begin to feel warmth and yeah. everything will change for you. That means you're almost there. And it was like the most surgence of energy shot through me. And then when the sun did rise... I just had this full picture of what we were doing. Lord, let us herald hope. Let us be the ones that are herald hope with our lives. Um, for those that are lost in darkness and are feel that longing, what we're doing, may it be, um, you know, a visual image of these activities. So that's my summit moment, that moment where the sun started to rise and I could feel the warmth of the, of the, of the light. That was my moment. I love that. Thank you for sharing, ladies, and thank you for that shout out of hope of which we we heard God at the beginning say that he was wanting to infuse hope. And I just, I think the way the enemy likes to take us out is to take our hope because we can live, but we can't thrive without it. Um, And there's so many things we could say here, but we have gone on 
long enough. So I just want to say thank you. It's been an honor to interview you both. So thank you, Tracy and Octavia, for joining me. Listeners, as always, it's been a pleasure. I pray that you've been inspired by the greatness and the intimacy of this God, this Jesus that we've shared about, and that this is another step of hope on your journey to let God do big things in and through you and your small steps. And I am taking that challenge personally. So until next time, do good by helping enslaved women and children, do more than you ever thought physically possible, and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. And keep on hoping. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.